John chapter 14. I might attempt to get a little deep tonight, alright? And I say this all the time, sometimes when I get a little deep, I get it over my head, and uh, I can walk away, you know, you can walk away being more confused uh, than when I got started. Hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to keep this clear. I can get the point across that I really want to today. Just, I, you know, there's some things we can't totally explain that, that I'm not. I'm not even going to attempt to tell you I know everything about the Holy Ghost of God and how the Holy Ghost works. You know, I, I think anybody that says they know it all about anything is a liar. Okay, I'm not trying to say that, but I think there are some things that we can look into at the scriptures that we can see, and it can really give us a clear idea of just what the Holy Ghost is how the Holy Ghost works. Because the truth is, I mean, we want... I mean, the Holy Ghost is the power source of the church. We need the Holy Ghost of God, the Holy Spirit of God. We need Him to do a work in our church. We need Him to do a work in our lives. We need Him to do the work in the lives of those that we're witnessing to. I don't care how good of a witness you are. I don't care how much Scripture you have memorized. If the Holy Ghost doesn't work on their heart, they're not going to get saved. I mean, you can try to beat it into them. You can try to shake them and choke them until they're, you know, it's not, it doesn't work. You can't do that. The Holy Spirit has to be involved. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost of God tonight. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, I'm going to try to do something tonight to help you understand the Holy Ghost. I asked that question this morning Do you believe in ghosts? Okay, and you hear people all the time, I don't believe in ghosts. Okay, now, personally, I do believe in ghosts. Okay, one, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Okay, I, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I do believe that there are, that there are spirits. Okay, now, you know, do I believe in ghosts? You know, like you saw maybe on a horror movie. No, probably not. Okay, you know that. Um, unfortunately, we let Hollywood define our terms a lot of times and how we think about everything, and they they distort everything. They dramatize it just to make it more visually effective, to make it more scary. You know, they'll make it something that it's not. But not only, but I not only do is there a Holy Ghost, but you have a ghost. You really do. Everyone that's ever died, there was a ghost. We're going to see that. We're going to look at the first place in the Bible where you see the word ghost mentioned. Genesis chapter 25, verse 8. It says, Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years and was gathered unto his people. He gave up the ghost. Well, what ghost is talking about? It's not talking about the Holy Ghost. He gave up the ghost. What ghost? His ghost. The ghost. Right now we're talking about the ghost of Abraham. I know it sounds creepy and it sounds spooky, but here in the Bible we see Abraham gave up the ghost. What does that mean exactly? Well, it means the definition of that term is to breathe out or expire, die, be dead, give up the ghost, perish. Alright, so to expire, to breathe out. What does that mean? So when Abraham gave his last breath, did a ghost come out of his mouth? Is that is that what happened? Well, 
There's a little something to that. Now let's go back and look in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. So we're going to try to get a little deep tonight. Hopefully I don't confuse you or weird anybody out. I think this is all biblical. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I want you to picture, if you would, you know, God makes Adam. He forms him from the dust of the ground. Everything else, you know, he speaks it into existence, but he forms Adam from the dust of the ground. And here he is, you know, you have that image, a man, in the image of God, laying there, but with no life. Has anybody in here ever seen a body before with no life in it? I have. Okay, anybody's been to a funeral, you've seen that before. And you know what? There's clearly something different about a dead body and a living body. Between a dead body and maybe a sleeping body. There's a difference. I mean, you could just... There's no, there's no life in them. And there that, and God breathes in His nostrils. And when He does, He calls it the breath of life. And so when it talks about giving up the ghost or to breathe out and to expire, basically what, it says, what it's saying when they give up the ghost is that life is literally leaving their body. Have you ever heard, you know, before, uh, before maybe you've seen this, where a doctor's working on somebody that's about to die and they're telling them to hang on. Well, hang on to what? The ghost. Life. Sometimes, you know, people will. They'll lose that will to fight anymore. They just get too tired. They don't want to hang on to life. And then there's some people that just won't give up. They just won't let go. Let go of what? Life. Or the ghost. Without that ghost inside of you, without that life, this body is pretty worthless, isn't it? I mean, there's just nothing that animates us. There's nothing that, that does anything. And each person has a ghost, which basically is the life that's in us. We see that in Genesis 2 7. Genesis 49, verse 33 says that when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into his bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. He, he let it go. He let go of that ghost. He let go of life. Why did he let go? Well, he was probably in a lot of pain. He was very old. He couldn't hang on to it any longer. You know, all of us in here today, in a sense, you know, we, I'm not saying we have any control of it, but in a sense, we're like hanging on to that life that's in our body. We all have a survival instinct, don't we? That's why you're not in here. You're not cutting yourself up. You're not, you know, jumping off the building. Why? Because there's something in you that wants to live. If you were to get get in a car wreck tonight, you know. Your, your body is going to, it's going to try to hang on to that life. You're not going to want to let go of it. You want to survive, but your body can get into enough pain, it can get damaged enough where you just can't hang on to it anymore. Your physical flesh will not hang on to that life that's in you. It won't hang on to that ghost. And finally, you're just going to breathe it out of you. You're going to give it up. You're going to give up the ghost. And where does that ghost go? Well, we'll get into that a little more in a little bit. So we see that with Jacob. He did. He yielded up the ghost. Jesus in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 says, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. When he died on the cross, Jesus gave up the ghost. He yielded it up. And so we see that not only is there a holy ghost, but people have a ghost. Okay? And I said, I'm not, and I'm not even going to try to get anything spooky tonight, really. But I just want you to understand, I want you to understand just like there's a holy ghost, that comes from Jesus Christ, we have, we have a ghost too. 
That's that life, that spirit that is that's inside of us. But let's go back to the Holy Ghost now. It's just some things we need to learn about the Holy Ghost. For one, the Holy Ghost, He's always been working. The Holy Ghost, He did a work in the Old Testament. He did a work in the New Testament. He's doing a work today. It was the Holy Ghost that was used to bring Jesus into the world. What did it say in Matthew 1.18? It said Mary, uh, it said she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Okay, the Holy Ghost is not just a figurative thing. Okay, it's not a way that we just, you know, explain something. The Holy Ghost is a real thing. The ghost that Abraham gave up was a real thing. That Jacob gave up and that Jesus gave up. It's a real thing. This isn't just figurative. The Holy Ghost, it's a real thing. It was able, miraculously, because it was the Holy Ghost, able to even cause Mary to be with child. We see that in Matthew 1, verse 18. Also, the Holy Ghost, He came on people before Jesus was born. A lot of times people get the idea the Holy Ghost is a kind of a New Testament thing. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, it says, uh, it's talking about John the Baptist. It says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. It also says in uh, verse 67, talking about his fa- father, or says, uh, Zacharias, says, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. And then in Luke chapter 2, Verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So the Holy Ghost, I want you to understand, he was working before Jesus died on the cross. And from the beginning of time, the Holy Ghost was around. He was doing a work. So we we need to understand that. But a lot of times people, they get the idea that he didn't come until after Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons for that in John chapter 7 verse 37 says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So, we have a contradiction here. We have, it says the Holy Ghost had not been given because Jesus hadn't been glorified. Well, what was that talking about? Talking about after His death and His resurrection and ascension to heaven. It says it hasn't been given yet. But what that's talking about, the Holy Ghost, before Jesus, before Jesus' glorification, He had only been at work really on a small scale with just a small number of people. And it wasn't until after Jesus was glorified that the Holy Ghost began to move in a big way and to do a work like He did in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost where He came mightily. Or when He came on and thousands of people were saved. And we'll get into, we'll get into kind of how that works in a little bit or how, how I believe that works. So the Holy Ghost, He came on people before Jesus was born. He came on people in the Old Testament. Mark chapter 12, verse 36. It says, um, lost my spot. I've got so many scriptures here. It says, For David himself said, By the Holy Ghost. David. David spoke by the Holy Ghost. And, um, also, it says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. 
Uh, I believe that's the one I want. It says, Ye uh, stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. In the Old Testament, the Jews, they resisted the Holy Ghost. He spoke to them. He worked on them. They, they didn't listen. They didn't do what He said to do. Second Peter one twenty one says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's how we got the Old Testament. The Holy Ghost, He came on men. And they wrote, not their words, but the very words of God. That's what we believe about books like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all those that are named after these men who wrote them, but they did it under the inspiration and under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. So, this Holy Ghost, He did. But it was on a small scale. It, I mean, it wasn't often like men like He came on men like Samson. Remember when all those things that Samson did? The Holy Ghost of God came on him. The Spirit of God came mightily on him. And he would do some kind of great act. He would do some amazing thing. But like we're seeing today, we didn't, we didn't see any of that until after Jesus' glorification. But the Holy Ghost, not only was He able to do all these things, the Holy Ghost was even able to take form. In Luke chapter 3, verse 22, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, after Jesus' baptism, it says, "...and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape, shape like a dove upon Him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art My beloved Son, in Thee..." I am well pleased. So they said, the Holy Spirit came in the shape of a dove. Descended. They saw it. They were able to see the Holy Spirit. And I mean, think about that too, because, you know, I guess the picture I have in this John, he's out there at the Jordan River baptizing Jesus. It's probably in the daytime. Okay, you know, if you took a flat, if you were in a dark, spooky house and you saw a little little dim light floating around, you get freaked out too. You'd think, boy, I saw a ghost. I saw a spirit. I saw a dim little light floating around in the dark. Well, imagine seeing a light that you can even see the shape of in the sunlight. I mean, think about that. Have you ever taken a, you take a flashlight outside? A big flashlight? And you try to shine it outside and you can't see where the beam is. You can't see anything. Why? Because there's too much light out there. But the Holy Spirit of God, it showed up in form, in the daylight. That's how bright it was. Okay, and I'm I'm going somewhere with all this. All right, so just keep all these things. I'm showing you all these Bible examples of things that maybe just kind of help you understand how the Holy Ghost of God works and how, I guess you can even say our ghost works a little bit. But we see that the Holy Ghost it was able to take form. We also know the Holy Ghost is a gift. It's the gift of salvation. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, You'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, what's that talking about? That's talking about the gift of salvation. Notice how he said, You'll repent and be baptized so you can get the Holy Ghost. No. That's not it. We see that because uh, we don't get baptized to receive the Holy Ghost. We just get baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. 
In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Okay? When Shelby got baptized this morning, I didn't baptize her in the Holy Ghost. I baptized her in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But for Shelby to get saved, she had to have been baptized with the Holy Ghost. That happens at salvation. We see in Acts chapter 10, verse 47, it says, Can any man forbid water? Talking about baptism. Can anyone forget, forbid baptism that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? It's like they, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're saved. Why, shouldn't, why should we forbid them to be baptized? I don't know what the Pentecostals do with this when they believe you can't be filled with the Holy Ghost until you've been baptized. These guys had the Holy Ghost before they got baptized. I don't know what they do with that verse, but they had already gotten the Holy Ghost. They would already been baptized in the Holy Ghost, but now it's time to get baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost to become a part of the church. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist is speaking. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's talking about salvation. When we get, bab- when we get saved, we get baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God. It dwells our life. So, understand all that. When we, get, when we get saved, we get baptized with the Holy Ghost. When we get baptized in the tank, we get, we're getting baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's symbolic. That's a church thing. But the Holy Ghost of God, when you got saved, He baptized you in Himself. He gave you Himself. That is, that's salvation. So, understand all that. So, uh, before we get into what the Holy Ghost needs from us and what we're supposed to do with the Holy Ghost, I want you to just kind of try to understand. I want you to picture all these things we talked about. Because remember, before Jesus' glorification, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost had not been given. And that's talking about on a, on a large scale. It was something that was very, it was something that was very rare. Very few people. I mean, it was notable. They were very notable if the Holy Ghost came on them. People like John the Baptist, Zacharias. uh, There was was others in the Old Testament that the Holy Ghost of God came upon. So why was it that the Holy Ghost didn't really start moving in a big way until after Jesus died and ascended to heaven? Why was that? Why wasn't... Why did it? What took it so long? Why did he do something before that? What was it that made the difference? Well, I think a good way to explain this, and I hope I can do this in a good way. I want you. I want you to think about now, maybe yourself, for example. All right, or think. We'll think about. I'll use myself as an example. All right, I have a ghost. Okay, someday I'm going to die, and I'm going to give up the ghost. Just like everybody, just like everybody else does, like we see in the Bible. Now, when I die, when I give up that ghost, even though I'm dead, is my influence completely gone? No. My ghost, I guess you could say, in a sense, 
it's still going to be out there. It's, it'll still be doing work. You know, my kids, for example. Okay, uh, let's say I die tomorrow. Okay, my kids, they would probably for a long time feel bad asking for a dog. Why? Because they knew how much dad hated dogs. And even though dad's not around anymore, I don't know, they'd feel like they were just doing something against me to get a dog. What, what is, what's causing that? My ghost. <laughs> My life that I lived before, that even though it's, it's over, it's still having an impact. And you know, other things. If they decide to convert to me in a Cardinals fan or something, that would, my ghost would bother them. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Now it doesn't mean that me myself, I'm there, you know, floating around, you know, between trapped between heaven and earth, trying to figure out where to go. No, my soul's in heaven. Okay, it's there, but my influence is still going to go out there here in the church. I hope that next pastor comes along and he says, you know what? I'm not really big on this King James Bible. I like to think that my ghost is going to maybe have a little bit of influence on people. That you will, you'll remember what I taught. You'll remember my words. You'll remember the things I said about it. And my words will ring in your ear. I'll, I'll be in your head. And what is it? That's, you can say that's my ghost haunting you. I mean, really, I think it's... And then... And for a long time, who knows how long it might be around. Probably my ghost... I mean, really, how long would my influence be around? Well, really, my influence is going to be around for as long as there's people that knew me. For as long as there's people... In this church, okay, let's say, my influence in this church, it's only going to be around for as long as there's people who knew me, who heard my preaching, and or the only way it's going to be longer is if Maybe when the new people come in, some of you who knew me, you pass that on to those people. And eventually with me, it's probably going to die out. There would come a time in the future, I don't know how long it would take, where what I taught wouldn't mean a thing anymore. It would be forgotten. My people, There might be a whole crowd in here full of people that don't even know my name. Maybe they heard, you know, that, they, that there was a Tommy McMurtry that was the first pastor of Liberty Baptist Church, and that's all they know about me. My influence, my ghost, you could almost say, is gone. And when, with Jesus, okay, but with Jesus it was different because here's the thing my ghost is not a Holy Ghost. My ghost is not an all-powerful one or anything like that. But Jesus Christ, the reason there was such a big impact after His glorification is because the ghost that He left behind was a very powerful one. He taught His disciples. And those disciples, they went and they did the very things that Jesus taught them to do. They went. They did the works. They preached the sermons. They did the miracles that Jesus did. They went all over. Everywhere they went, they told people about Jesus Christ. They told them about the words of Jesus Christ. People started talking about Jesus Christ. People that never had met Him. People like you know Saul of Tarsus and others uh, that all over the world, the name of Jesus Christ was being spread around. His words were being taught. His the things that He commanded, His commandments were being followed. People were praying to Jesus Christ. And you know what? His Spirit, I mean, it went out there and it's never, it's never died out. Why? Because it's the Holy, this is the Holy Ghost of God. This is the Spirit of God. 
It's, it's a powerful Spirit. And that Holy Ghost of God, it has been out there and it has been doing a work. And it's not just a figurative thing. It's a real thing. I mean, a real thing that manifested itself in physical form. And I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, okay, maybe if I'm, cra- if I'm some crazy enough guy that lives in some big creepy house, and maybe if I do enough psycho crazy things that are legendary, that go out, that everybody talks about and everybody knows about that, that happens in the house, and they go in that house, you know, expecting something, maybe some little tiny thing could manifest itself and scare somebody really bad. I don't know. Maybe it's possible and you could call it, you know, the ghost of, of whoever. I don't know, but the Holy Ghost of God did do that. And that same word, the Holy Ghost is used as the same definition for giving up the ghost like with Abraham. But there's a difference because the Holy Ghost is holy. Ours are not holy. And the Holy Ghost of God, He wants to work with us. We need the Holy Ghost of God at work. He is the power source of our church. We've got Him. And what does the Holy Ghost need to do the work? Well, one of the reasons that the Holy Ghost is still around, one of the reasons the Holy Ghost is still at work is because we have the very words of God right here. These are His teachings. One way I can make my name or my ghost, you could say, last a little longer, my influence last a little longer, maybe if I write some books that get out there and people read and they, they know who I am. There's all kinds of men out there who've been dead for years, but their books, people still use them all the time. You know, I've, got a, I've got a Schofield Bible here. A lot of people know who Schofield is and a lot of his teachings and his commentaries. You know, People have read them over the years and his teaching and his influence it's still out there. You know, men like Matthew Henry that wrote commentaries on the entire Bible. People know who they are. Their people are influenced by their teachings still today. Their words will still be out there. But you know, who knows if those books will still be around a hundred years from now? Who know, who knows how long they'll be around? But the Word of God, it's never gone away. It, we still have the inspired Word of God. I mean, word for word, it's all here. And unlike even a regular book that might be preserved over centuries or even millenniums, those, they're not, those books aren't perfect. But we have some that's perfect. Why? Because it comes from a holy God. It, and the Holy Ghost of God inspired it. The Holy Ghost of God was used to preserve His Word. We still have it. Therefore, the Holy Ghost of God is still strong today. But he, for the Holy Ghost to work, He needs the Word of God to be out there. The more... We learn about what God expects from us. The more of the Bible that we know, the more the Holy Ghost can do a work in our life. The more of the Word of God that we get out there to other people, the better chance they have of being saved. You've got, the, the Word of God is a necessity. How are they going to know the truth of God? How are they going to know the way to salvation without the Word of God? They have to have that. If all of a sudden, if somehow the devil could succeed, and it's impossible, the Bible would be wrong for this to happen, but if the devil could have succeeded in getting rid of all copies of the Bible, and let me tell you, over the centuries there's been people who have tried, it would have only been a matter of time before Christianity would have died out. It would have ceased to exist. If, But, thanks to the Word of God being preserved through the years, it's still going strong today. Why? Because we have the Word of God. The Holy Ghost needs the Word of God to be able to do a work, to be able to, to be able to do what it needs to do. Also, the Holy Ghost of God 
it not only needs the Word of God, but it needs a witness. Okay, this Bible, the words in here are powerful, but this book is powerful. But if I take this book and I put it on a shelf and don't do anything it says, then where's the influence? Where's the power? Is the Holy Ghost of God going to make this thing you know, fly off the shelf and float out to the neighborhood and open up miraculously to people after it knocks on their doors and tell them how to be saved? No, that's not how it works. He's got to have a witness. And Jesus, while He was on this earth, remember before, all those years, He'd worked on with the, through the prophets and everything. He got His Word written down. He got it recorded. He used men to preserve His Word. But then, while He was on earth, what did He do? He recruited those 12 disciples, didn't He? He got those 12 disciples together and He taught them what He wanted them to do, told them what they needed to know, and then He sent them out to do His work and to, to multiply that. He told them, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the world. He needed a witness. Go to Acts chapter 1 in verse 5. Acts chapter 1 in verse 5. It says, For John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So the Holy, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Jesus told them that. I believe it was, I'm not sure, I can't remember how long exactly it was after Jesus' ascension to heaven, but on the day of Pentecost. We read about it in that chapter. The Holy Ghost of God came upon them. They began to speak uh, in those, those tongue, uh, in other tongues, and they began to witness. And three thousand people were saved one day, and then five thousand people were saved another day, and then a multitude that couldn't be numbered was saved another day. And then also in Acts chapter one verse eight, it says, "But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, all Judea and in Samaria, and in the uttermost part of the earth." Do you know that if it hadn't been for witnesses, if it hadn't been for the disciples and the people that they witnessed to and, the, and so on, the, the Gospel would not have got to those places. The Holy Ghost of God would not have been able to do a work in those places without witnesses. Without somebody telling people about the Word of God. That's how the Holy Ghost works. Okay? The, Holy Ghost, we're not gonna, the Holy Ghost of God... It's not going to do a work in people's life. If we can go take people and we can lock them in here in the middle of the night and then the Holy Ghost is going to show up and manifest it somehow and you know, scare them into salvation. Okay? No, it doesn't work that way. It works through witnesses. Through people telling what the Bible says. What God's Word says. And we, when we witness, that's what makes a difference. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it fell, uh, filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here we've got people that are together. They're doing what God said to do. They were waiting for that comfort to come. They were all with one accord. They were all in one place. They're there praying together and literally a ghost showed up. The Holy Ghost showed up. A wind came and it filled the room. The Bible talks about cloven tongues of fire that were above their heads. I mean, it physically, again, manifested itself. 
when these people were following the commands that Jesus gave. When they were doing what Jesus told them to do. You see what happened after Jesus ascended into heaven and was glorified. There were 120 people that were doing exactly what He said to do. Even though Jesus was dead and in heaven, or had died on earth, risen and was now in heaven, even though He's not on earth anymore, His influence, His life, His ghost is still having an impact, isn't it? On those 120 120 people that in just a short time turned to thousands who began witnessing to people and it started spreading around the world and it is there's churches all over this world today preaching the Gospel. People that are doing the works that Jesus told Him to do. How are they able to do that? How are they able to get saved? The Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost of God came upon them. They were baptized with the Holy Ghost. How did they get baptized? How did the Holy Ghost show up there? Somebody was a witness to them. Somebody took the Word of God and showed them what to do. And that witness is simply just one who proclaims the Word of God. And that Holy Ghost, here's the amazing thing about Him, the Holy Ghost will tell you what to say. Mark chapter 13 and verse 11. Mark 13 verse 11 says, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost speaking. I mean, let me tell you something. You know, there's people out there that they can, they'll get you to pay them a bunch of money if you will go and then they'll do some weird thing with a crystal ball or some cards or something and they'll call up your dead ancestor and they'll, your dead ancestor will supposedly start speaking through them. Okay? Now first of all, I think there's some demonic stuff going on there when they do that. But here we see that the Holy Ghost of God can speak through us. I mean, I think that blows away what those people are able to do. What they're impressing people with. Wow, I got a your dead grandma or probably a demon to speak through me. Well, we see here in the Bible that the Holy Ghost, when we need Him, He can speak through us. It's not you that speaks. It's the Holy Ghost. And I've been there before where I've been witnessing to people and I've quoted verses I didn't know I had memorized. You know, thoughts would come to my mind and illustrations and examples that I had never thought of before. It came to me while I was witnessing. That's another great thing about witnessing. You would be surprised. I could never tell somebody how to get saved. I could never be a witness. If you're just doing your best, read your Bible, study your Bible, learn from the preaching, you'd be surprised what you're able to come with when you get asked the questions. Now, if you're doing nothing, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not studying, if you never go to church, you might get stumped and look really bad sometimes. Why? Because you're not following the Holy Spirit. Why is He going to work through you. He's going to work through somebody that is trying these things. But I'm telling you, I've been there before where I felt like the whole, it, I don't know where I got that. I did not know I had that verse memorized. I mean, ten minutes later, I could have tried to quote it again. I don't think I could have. But the Holy Ghost does that. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, 
whatsoever I have said unto you. You know what I believe happens? I've read through this Bible several times. I don't have it all memorized, but I have read it. I have heard it preached about. I have read it more than once. And even though I may have forgotten some things, it's there somewhere. And the Holy Ghost of God, it'll bring it to that spot in my mind where I can get it to come out of my mouth. The Holy Ghost of God does that. He will tell you what to say. The Holy Ghost of God. So you need He needs the Word of God. He needs a witness, someone proclaiming the Word of God. But He also needs somebody who lives the Word of God. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God dwells in us and He wants to work through us. And when the Holy Ghost works through you, He's always going to tell you to do what His Word says to do. You know, the Holy Ghost never contradicts the Bible. People all the time, well, I really feel like the Lord is leading me to blah, 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 and it's something that totally goes against the Bible. Sorry, that's not the Holy Ghost of God. That's... That is not the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, that's why I think a lot of these supposed fortune tellers or whatever, you know what the Bible called the spirits that they use? It called them familiar spirits. You know, maybe they had, they're able to speak and they're able to bring up things that maybe only your dead grandma and you knew. Well, you know why? That's because, you know, there's demons that watch what's going on in our lives. And they can be a familiar spirit. That's familiar. I, I recognize that voice, I recognize those words. But that pure evil, not like what the Holy Ghost is able to do. What He does is holy. What He does is righteous. What He does is always according to His Word. And today, today the Holy Ghost of God is just as strong as He ever was. It's like, well, why don't we see the revivals like you know we saw on the day of Pentecost and in the book of Acts? All the Holy Ghost needs We've already got the Word of God. So all He needs is that witness. People who are proclaiming the Word of God and living the Word of God. There's a lot of people out there today who are proclaiming the Word of God, but they're not living the Word of God. They've got a completely different life that they're living other than what they're preaching, other than what they're saying, and their witness is not very effective. They're not very influential. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is holy. And He can't use us if we're living wicked lives. That's why we've got to try to be holy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. The Bible says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. We can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says, Quench not the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit of God if if we're not careful. If we go against what He says. And really, the... Main reason, the main reason, the only reason we're in the mess that we're in in America today, it's not because the Holy Ghost of God is somehow lost his power. He's just as powerful as he ever was. However, we're not letting him use us like we should. If we would yield to the Holy Ghost of God, if we would submit ourselves 
to the Holy Ghost of God. If we would follow the Word of God and proclaim the Word of God, then He's going to work. He wants to speak to hearts. He wants to save people, but He's not just going to show up in their bedroom tonight in a form of a dove and a light. No, He does it through us. Through people obeying Him. When, when the Holy Spirit ascended like a dove on Jesus Christ, that moment when that happened, what I believe was going on there, Jesus Christ, He's lived 30 years and He has not sinned one time. 30 years, He's never sinned one time. And He's about to begin His ministry. He has followed the will of God, I mean, every single step of the way for 30 years. And here He goes and He does this one final act before He kicks off His ministry. He goes and He gets baptized. Something that God wanted Him to do. And when Jesus did that, I don't understand everything about it, but for some reason, God was so pleased with that. At that moment, I mean, the Holy Ghost of God literally showed up where people could see it. And remember what God said, that voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He just pleased God. Why? Because of His obedience. We wonder why the Holy Spirit doesn't show up in our lives and our services. Maybe we're not pleasing Him. I believe if we would really please Him, so we might have to do 30 years of perfection before we get to see a dove come down. But you know, I just, I just like to see people get saved, people getting saved. I like to see people's lives changing. Boy, if I got to see a mighty rushing wind come through, I'd be, I'd be excited about that. But we've got to be, we've got to be obedient. And when we do that, what is, what's happening? What's happening when we're witnessing? What's happening when we're following the Bible? That life of Jesus Christ, that influence of Jesus Christ, is still going out there. It's through His influence. Just like I, I hope my life is an influence for, for good for as long as possible. It's not like, the whole, like Jesus. His life made a difference for history. Why? Because, because He was holy. And just like you and I, we can leave a spirit. You know, even though I'm still alive today, I could leave. I could leave a bad spirit. I was kind of giving this example once with the teenagers. I don't remember what I did exactly, but I just went and I just kind of started chewing them out in a real mean way, kind of for no reason, just bad attitude. And I was doing this on purpose. I was giving them a really bad feeling and a really bad vibe. I remember I just kind of paused for it. I was like, "How y'all feeling right now?" It's like maybe you've been there before when somebody just chewed you out and they, they leave the room and they, they're not in the room anymore, but you still feel like, you still feel cold. <laughs> you still, I mean, you still, you're still hurting even though they're not there anymore. Why? Their spirit, that spirit it did, did a negative work. We can do that. I mean, you don't try it sometime, but it, during, we, you know, during a service in the morning, Maybe I'm up here and I'm preaching something and I, and I say something that's the Word of God and, and you just get up and you go storming out of here. What's going to happen? Everybody. A negative feeling. You know, it would be hard to recover from that in a service. You're not here anymore. Well, trouble's gone. They left. No. There's still going to be that bad spirit. 
And people do that all the time. They'll leave a church and their spirit, their bad spirit will remain there for months and even years. But Jesus Christ with Him, it was a Holy Spirit. It was a Holy Ghost that He left behind. And it did an amazing work. And I want Him to do a work in my life. I want Him to do a work here. And what does He need from us? He needs us to proclaim the Word of God and to live the Word of God. We've got the book. We just need the life to back that up. So with that, let's all stand together.